This is a podcast by the Business Times, presented by Stashaway. 2022 proved to be an eventful year for investors, with the equity markets ending in the red, the crypto contagion striking down the biggest names of the sector, and the macroeconomic and geopolitical issues taking center stage. Financial markets across the globe were put to several tests. With a brooding recession predicted for the US and Russia's continuous war with Ukraine affecting their respective economies. As a result, different economies of the world felt the effect of slower growth and higher inflation. So what can we do to safeguard our portfolios in 2023? For more insights, we speak to Michaela Ferrario, co-founder and CEO of Stashaway. Welcome to the Business Times Future of Finance podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Welcome to the episode. Recession is top most on investors' minds in 2023. How well will the simple budgeting framework of 50-30-20 work in a recessionary environment? In general, I think budgeting frameworks and planning for how much you can spend and having financial goals work irrespective of the cycle. So that works in a recession as well as it works in good times. I don't think that people should change their approach based on the economic cycle we're in, but rather changing on where they are in life. And so obviously, if you are unemployed, that maybe requires a change of of the way you're thinking about budgeting. But if you keep your job and things are going the same way they were going when the economy was roaring, no reason to change your philosophy on budgeting. In general, sticking to a plan, having a plan in place helps you put things in perspective. So by spending a bit less because you felt less comfortable given inflation growing makes a lot of sense. Is it required? Look, if you run the numbers, it depends on the assumptions you do. But you know, if you have been and will continue to save 20, 25, 30% every year, and if you have done the math and you know that that is enough to reach your financial goals, then actually probably was not required for you to cut your expenditures. Of course, once inflation kicks in and now your required expenses are increased just because you know rent is more expensive or because groceries are more expensive, then you're kind of forced to reduce your other expenditures in order to maintain your saving goals. But I don't think that's driven by macroeconomic environment to make these decisions. I would look at microeconomic environment. So your own family, your own spending, your own situation, both in terms of ability to earn, so your job situation, as well as your spending patterns that might be impacted by the macro situation. Robert Kiyosaki said, it's not how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. That sounds about right. So what motto do you live or invest by? I don't have a motto, but I do think that what Robert Kiyosaki says makes a lot of sense to me. Building wealth is not about earning more. It's about spending less than you earn and being smart about the money you save. It's how much money you keep, so spending less than you earn, and how hard it works for you. So it's making sure that those savings actually work for you. I think in addition to this, If at every salary increase, you also increase your spending, so you make more money, but you also spend more money, you will always be struggling and you'll never reach financial peace of mind. So when I say building wealth, it can hopefully for some people mean building generational wealth that can be passed to the next generation. But for most of us, it will be simply achieving financial peace of mind, making sure that you get to a certain age and you know you have enough money to at a certain point retire. People call it financial independence. And again, it's not driven by just 
earning more, making more money, it's driven by the delta between how much you make and how much you spend. It's very important that you try to understand how your own PNL, your own financials works, so that you can do the math on what that means for you. It sounds like this planning and goals-based philosophy is still the best way to go. But how often should it be updated, given how volatile the situation has been of late? My recommendation to people is to always have a plan, a financial plan, which includes your financial goals, and then update it over time. What is a good cadence? I think once a year is a good time. You know, this is something that, for instance, I do usually during uh, you know the last few days of the year, usually, uh, and that's always a good time to look back, look forward, and update the plan for the new year. Or when something happens, you get married, you have kids, you change job, you receive a significant increase in your salary or you're planning for a big expense. Any big event that might have an impact on your plan and maybe makes the plan you've done a year earlier not correct any longer calls for an update or at least a looking at it. Now, this is one part of it. And I think the other part of it is I actually highly recommend checking the plan and doing what I call an actual versus plan analysis. My plan was to save I'll just make it up $1,000 a month. And I look at it at the end of March. And over the course of January, February, March, I have saved $2,700. It means I'm short by $300. Or I save $3,400, I'm you know, up $500. And if you do this quarterly and you actually start to have that cadence, you'll actually learn a lot about how your financials work and what you can do to change them and to improve them and move them in the way you want. Up next. How comfortable will you be running your life and family like a business? And how can you discriminate against the abundance of false information out there regarding investing? This episode of Future of Finance is presented by Stashaway. And now, back to the podcast. We're speaking with Michele Ferrario, co-founder and CEO of Stashaway. We've been discussing safeguarding your portfolio in a recessionary environment. Michele, you've said personal financial planning is a lot like running a business. Tell us more about that. To me, your financial planning, your managing your personal expenses are driven by the PL of your family. And so the fact of it is how much you save. And then the investment side is about what do you do with those savings? It's kind of managing your balance sheet in a way. And so those two things are linked. So the goal on your financial planning side should be to live a certain standard of life and save a certain amount of money. Your goals on your investment side will be your personal goals that require money for. You know, it can be when you want to retire and how you want to retire. It can be down payment for your home in a certain number of years. It can be, you know, a number of other things, you know, potential education fund for your kids or whatever else. And so usually the investment goals will be longer term. And therefore you need to have a plan that is longer term and you should stick to your plan through the ups and downs of the market. Investing rewards persistence and time helps you get where you want to be if you stick to your plan, if you do the right things. And the right things is diversify, invest over time, take the right risk level. If you are too jittery about your investment portfolio, you might actually end up making a lot of mistakes. Specifically, what most people end up doing is sell when the markets are down because you get jittery and buy when the markets are high because you get excited. And that means you're kind of doing the opposite of what you want to do. You're buying when it's expensive and selling when it's cheap. And that's why having a plan and sticking to the plan is so important. Some may feel that doing this will reduce their lives and families' well-being to something clinical and sterile. 
but perhaps that clear-eyed focus is what's needed during times like this. Please talk us through the steps. So you can divide it into pieces, right? So there are three components of your financial life that you want to look at. Look at it as if you were a company. You have revenues, you have costs, and you have your balance sheet. Or in more kind of individual speak, you have how much you earn, how much you spend, and how much you save. So how much you earn, can you do something about it? It depends on what your situation is. Obviously, can you increase your earnings? Can you get a higher salary? Obviously, that helps. But you know, let's assume that that's more difficult and it's not something you control completely. There is obviously somebody else on the other side of the table that will help you do that or not. The second point is how much you spend. So you can take the approach last year, which is tighten your belt just because, or you can look at it more analytically and understand whether you need to do that or not. And if your earnings have not grown and inflation has increased your basic cost of living, you know, for instance, rent or mortgage cost, as well as groceries, then you're kind of forced to reduce your spending if you want to maintain your saving rate constant. And so what you need to do is go through the unnecessary costs that you have and expenses that you have and see what you can live without that doesn't truly have a significant effect on your happiness. And then lastly, you look at your balance sheet. You look at where your savings are. You look at your investments. And when inflation is high, it becomes even more important to make sure your savings are invested because de facto cash loses value at the speed of inflation. So the higher the inflation, the least your cash will be worth X years from now. And so the higher the inflation, the more important it is not to just leave cash at you know zero to 1% interest rate in the bank, but rather do something with it and make the cash work for you. There was a quote from uh, Robert uh, Kiyosaki that he said, you know, how hard it works for you. Your money works for you. That's exactly this. How can you make sure that every dollar you save actually is growing by itself by just being invested in an intelligent way? With a plethora of information out there from basic investing, advanced stock analysis and portfolio management techniques, how can one be sure of their legitimacy and veracity? Absolutely. And uh, you're right that online there is a lot of information and a lot of it is actually not accurate or bad information. Unfortunately, one of the drawbacks of these amazing things called the internet is that everybody's a doctor, everybody's a financial advisor, everybody knows everything about everything. And so you need to be a bit careful to whom you listen to. It's always good to start from education and you will find places that are reputable, that can actually help you learn more. In the Stashway example, we actually did a lot on this topic. For free, people can actually look at Stashway Academy on the app where there is a lot of courses. We also did something with Nireyal. Uh, we can also be found on YouTube. So there is a Nireyal Stashway Academy session. And those are all from basic to intermediate to advanced courses that are non-commercial. So we don't sell Stashway. You'll find other sources like this, but starting from education is very important. Secondly, just look at the core principles of investing. And the core principles of investing are diversify, take the right level of risk, which means not too low, not too high. And it depends from one, your preferences, your risk preferences, your risk tolerance, and two, your timeline. You can take more risk for your long-term goals and you should take less risk for your short-term goals. So your retirement plan, which is 30 years ahead, you should take a bit of risk. Your three years down the road plan to buy a house, that money should be invested at very, very, very low risk because you can't afford a, a drawdown on that pool of cash. And unfortunately, as you know, there is no clear rule on how to find trustworthy information. You need to build your own 
ability to discriminate. And my recommendation would be to avoid amateurs, like people that do this as a side job or, you know, influencers that do it to build a persona. I avoid following simply commercial pitches because obviously there is an intent behind it and triangulate information, you know, look for different sources. In general, though, keep it simple. While a lot of people try to make investing complicated, it's not. The core start, as I mentioned earlier, is starting from education. Learn the basics. And Stashway Academy, I think, is a good place to start. And there is a few others online that teach you the basics without any commercial angle. We've been speaking with Michele Ferrario, co-founder and CEO of Stashaway on the future of finance. Thank you so much for your time and for your questions. On behalf of the Business Times podcast team, thank you for joining us. We look forward to sharing more information with you about digitalization and transformation in the financial sector on the Business Times Future of Finance. This episode of Future of Finance podcast was presented by Stashaway. The Future of Finance podcast series is powered by audio augmentation technology. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.